You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are talking about the need to stop saying it doesn't work here. Before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed over to Facebook and you've joined our Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners Facebook group. If you're a gym owner, if you're a gym owner and coach, join all-star cheer coaches and owners. And last but not least, head over to nextgenowners.com to check out all of the amazing offerings we have in NextGen, whether that be our NextGen Academy, our staff portals, our Connect3 system if you're just looking to get the Connect3 process. But there are so many things we have going on over there. Make sure you check them all out. Subscribe to Danielle blogs. They're absolutely amazing. And make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss any other future episodes. Leave us a five-star rating if you love this podcast. Share it with someone who would get something out of it. We have seen a massive increase in listeners lately, and I love it. It's so cool to see that people are listening to the podcast, hear feedback, things that people are loving about the podcast, things that people want to learn more about, means so much to me. Thank you for your continued support and thank you for sharing with other people who would get something out of it. So we're getting into the episode of Stop Saying It Doesn't Work Here. And I have something really important to tell you. And yes, for those of you who listen to the podcast and you're saying, man, I feel like Dan's coming for me or I feel like Dan's talking directly to me. I am talking directly to you. You are not a unicorn. You are not some unique, completely different out there on an island. The things that don't that work for other people just will never work for you. You are not a unicorn. Your gym is not in the craziest demographic. Your people aren't just different where you are. You're not fighting a battle that no one will understand and no one can get because they're not from your specific descriptors inserted here. I hear and I see this excuse, and it is an excuse quite literally all the time. And I say this is an excuse because it is exactly that. It is a opportunity for you to explain why things aren't working for you and not take ownership of it and say, well, maybe there's something I did wrong, or maybe this thing needs more time to develop. But you are saying, well, it just doesn't work here. or That just won't work for us. And it's just most of the time, it's not true. When we're talking about sound business advice from people who have been there and done that and are still doing it actively in their businesses around the United States, in Canada, in the United Kingdom, in Australia, like we have clients all over the place that are doing these things that are finding amazing success. So it is not because your situation is so much different. Now, maybe there needs to be a tweak in execution. Maybe there needs to be things that are adjusted a little bit. I'm not sitting here saying that your market doesn't matter, but you are not a unicorn. And I am coming to you and I am saying this because 
I have been the person making those mistakes. All right. As they used to say in the hair club for men ads, I'm not just the president. I'm also a client. Okay. I used to use this excuse too. And guess what? I was completely wrong. Okay. You can go back in time and I'll probably talk about this later. I can tell you all the things that I said, oh, well, those don't work for us. Uh, if you had talked to me five years ago, I would have been like, yeah, we don't really do birthday parties. They don't work super well for us. Well, guess what? We are, I've mentioned it on other episodes. We are booked out for birthday, birthday parties going into September, like five a weekend. Easy. We're just crushing it in birthday parties. And I learned things to figure out how to make them work here. And between me and Tori, we've been just crushing birthday parties. But I would have told you how ah, they just don't work for us here. And that was wrong. That was wrong because I'm not a unicorn. And if you are watching this on video, you can clearly see I'm not a unicorn because unicorns are not bald. All right. So there are three main reasons I want to talk about this or, or three things that I think are really important to touch on that make it so important to stop saying it doesn't work here and reasons why you shouldn't use that excuse. Number one, humans are simple creatures on a macro level. Two, good business is good business everywhere. And three, carving your own path is painful. All right, so getting into each one and breaking them down. Number one, humans are simple creatures on a macro level. All people have problems, right? Everyone has challenges that they are dealing with, and your business is seeking to solve those problems. That is the very root nature of business interaction. You have a need or a problem, and my business is going to solve that problem with our product, with our service, and you're going to get that product or that service in an exchange of money, right? That's, that's the baseline level. And that's what I mean by humans are simple. Right? We're all in the, the youth services industry. We are in the industry of providing a service to kids, to athletes, whether you're in gymnastics or you're in cheer or you're in ninja. We are encountering the avatar, the, the client, the person that is experiencing similar problems, right? They either have kids who have too much activity or they're con or too much too much energy and they need to have an outlet or they need kids who have need to have drive and structure and purpose or they're people who value sport and want to see their kids involved in a sport or a team sport if they're maybe looking for cheer. There's a number of reasons that people are looking for the solution that you're offering, right? So on a macro level, People are simple. They have a problem and you want to be positioned to fix that problem. On a micro level, there is nuance to people. And in that micro level, that is how we are going to figure out some of the, the nuance of our marketing and our delivery. So I would not say, when I say that to stop saying it doesn't work here and that it you know, just because you're in a particular area doesn't mean that that thing won't work for you. But what that does mean is you have to market a little bit differently in each area because different areas are going to value different things uh, and or uh, they there are maybe things that are going to attract people's attention a little bit better. So to take it very much outside the realm of cheerleading, 
if I were going to advertise uh, something, let's say I was selling shirts and I wanted to target the market of California and I wanted to sell sports-related memorabilia and t-shirts in the state of California, I wouldn't pick Minnesota Timberwolves logos and you could maybe do Dallas Cowboys because they're pretty well known, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That would not be the thing that I would go to for marketing sports memorabilia in California because those aren't California teams. That's not going to get the same traction as if I'm marketing in Boston doing Celtics gear, right? Because that is instantly going to attract people's attention or even utilizing knowing that Celtics are really big in Boston, then I'm going to use some Celtics colors in my ads because people have an affinity for those colors or maybe Red Sox colors in some of my ads because people have an affinity towards those things. So there are nuances to marketing in specific areas, but at the end of the day, the product is the same. And that then takes us to the good business is good business everywhere, right? The, the business practices that make good business are good business everywhere. Systemized, consistent delivery is absolutely key and critical to delivering and creating a good business. If you do not have a systemized business that can deliver consistently to your clients, whether you are the person delivering it or your your staff are the people delivering it, then you're not doing good business all the time. And if you can find a way to have that be very systemized and have people know that they are going to get a consistent delivery of product, then you are doing good business. And that is good everywhere. If you look at the companies that sustain that are there long-term, especially your nationwide brands. It is because I can go, I talk about McDonald's a lot and I, I sometimes use them as a negative example, but I can go to a McDonald's in Tokyo and know that I'm going to get the same service, the same mediocre cheeseburger with two pickles and lettuce and tomato and minced onion. I'm going to get that in Tokyo and it's going to taste pretty much the exact same as it's going to taste in Oregon. So I'm getting a consistent product. I'm getting a systemized, consistent delivery of that product. So how are you doing that in your gym? Maybe you have multiple gyms. Are you delivering that systemized, consistent delivery? Are you uh, setting up your gym if you don't have multiple locations? Well, if I come to a basic tumbling class on Monday and I my instructor is... John and I come to a basic tumbling class on Wednesday and my instructor is Jenny, am I getting a systemized, consistent product or am I getting a completely different experience? Because if I am, that's going to impact my retention, that's going to impact my enrollment, and that's a problem. That's not doing good business uh, the entire time. Also, good customer service is good everywhere. Everyone wants to feel valued. Everyone wants to feel important. So to simply say that I am not, uh, or it doesn't work here, well, there are certain things that do work everywhere. Systemized and consistent delivery, good customer service, and always marketing and working towards the growth and sustainment of your, your program 
is good business, no matter where you are. Whether you are in a rural community of 10,000 people or you are in a metro area that has millions of people, good business is good business. Number three, carving your own path is a very painful thing to do, right? Going your own way, carving your own path. You can do it. You absolutely can do it. You can trailblaze through, but it's going to be a painful process. You're going to learn through a lot of trials, a lot of struggles. You're going to fall down a lot. And yes, you're going to get back up, hopefully, and you have that internal fighter to you, but it is a more difficult process. And when I was in the army uh, as a young infantry officer, you have to learn how to do what's called land navigation, um, which is a skill set that is slowly dying out. But it is how to take a map, how to be given a coordinate on that map, a 10-digit grid, and find that coordinate on that map using that 10-digit grid, which is kind of a complex thing I won't go into, and then figure out where you are now and then make a path for how to get there. And there are two ways to do this. One way is what is called dead reckoning, which is I know I'm at point A, and I know I need to get to point B, and that is 1,500 meters away, and that is through woods and forest and ravines and you know, streams and all those different things. And I know there's a straight path to it. I can take my compass out and I can, using my map, using my land navigation, I can know that it is on this degree's azimuth. It's on a 163 degree azimuth for 1500 meters. And if I point my compass in that direction and I look straight forward and I am in the correct spot, then I, that I believe I am, then I could theoretically shoot a laser out and hit the point if I could just see it in on an infinity. But I can't do that because there's all these obstructions in the way. So I could dead reckon and I could take out my compass and I could stare at it and I could look ahead and I could pick a point ahead and I go, okay, I'm going to walk to that point. I know that's exactly in a line. I get there and then I, I pick another point and I try and walk in a straight line through the woods. I try and walk in a straight line, walking around trees and getting back on my point and shooting my azimuth. And you can get there. If I was in the middle of an open field and there was nothing in my way, no obstructions, I could dead reckon all the way down that path to the point and I probably wouldn't get too far off. I'd find it no problem. But it is the barriers. It's the obstructions that make it so complicated. It's the fact that I'm probably going to encounter areas that I can't traverse and so I'm going to have to go around them. I'm going to have to you know, walk around a uh, a brambles or those kind of things that I can't get my way through, or I'm going to have to cut myself to pieces and ribbons trying to get through them. The other approach is what is called attack points, which is there is already a road paved. So there's, there's gravel roads or there's other routes and paths and roads that are depicted on the map. There's easy ways. So what I could do is I could get, I can get to a closer very obvious reference point, like maybe an intersection between two in two roads that is only 200 meters away. So like a little more than two football fields away from my point. So I know I can get there really easily. There's a clear path. I can get to that intersection and then I can figure out, okay, if I'm standing in this intersection and I'm facing the point I want to get to, I can now shoot an azimuth, which would be a different one. I can use my compass and maybe it's going to be at 
75 degrees. I can shoot a 75 degree azimuth. And then now I only have to walk 200 meters to get to that point, which is a much shorter distance, a much less difficult thing to navigate through and less opportunities for me to get way off course. And so we can, that example, that story relates so well to business and this whole idea of like, well, that your advice or, or doing that thing, it just doesn't work here. I'm going to have to do it my own way. I'm going to have to forge my own path. You are dead reckoning through your business journey. You are doing it the hardest way possible. Can you do it? Yes. Are you a super hardcore BA person if you can do that? Absolutely. Like kudos to you. That is really, really hard to do. But there are people who've done it and are doing it right now that you can go to and you can use as your attack point. Those are people who can get you pretty darn close to your goal. And yeah, you're still going to have to do the work. You're still going to have to get that 200 meters, but they're going to be able to say, look, walk that direction. You're there. Now you do the work. You use all, you learn everything you can from all of my struggles and all of my failures. And now you do the work to get to that point. And what I want you to do, because this is what you're doing. When you say it doesn't work here, what you're doing is you're telling people that they don't know what they're talking about. And what you want to be cautious of doing is telling those people that are out there doing it in their gyms, bringing in a million plus in revenue per year in cheerleading gyms or gymnastics gyms and looking at those people and saying, oh, that doesn't work due to your uniqueness, your fact that you're a unicorn. That's akin to a parent telling you their athlete is completely different from every other athlete. And although you're telling them this is the right placement for them or they're not ready to go to this skill, that parent is going, well, they're different. You just don't understand. And that you need to, you don't understand them. And having them on the level appropriate team doesn't work for them because they're they're the kind of athlete that does better being on teams where people have more skills to them because the way their kid works is they always rise to that occasion. And you are like you would tell that parent, you would be like, well, I appreciate your opinion, but that's not how we do it in this gym. And then you would go and you would talk to your co-coaches or your business partner or someone who understands. You'd be like, this silly, silly person who does not understand anything, and you'd probably use more uh, explicit words, you're, you're kind of being that parent when you respond to people and you say, well, it doesn't work here. Because it can work there. There may be nuances to figure out. But most of the things that you hear good coaches, like, and I'm, I'm probably patting myself a little bit too much on the back here, but the things that I'm talking about in this podcast, there are probably things that you've been like, mm, that wouldn't work for me, where that wouldn't work in our area, that wouldn't work in our demographic. What we need to do is figure out how to make it work in your area, how to make it work in your demographic. Because the things that we're talking about are things that are proven and they're not just done in our industry. I don't just learn from the cheerleading and the gymnastics industries. I learn from youth sports when it comes to baseball and when it comes to soccer. And I take emphasis from Taekwondo and karate. And I look at the fitness industry. I take a lot of information from the fitness industry and CrossFit and the gyms that have come out of that and the revenue that they bring in. I take inspiration from 
major companies that have been there and done that. I look at how they do their pricing. I have books that I've read from people who are really very wealthy from completely outside industries. And I try and figure out how that applies to how I can take those same core principles and apply them to the businesses that we run. So you can do many, many of these things. You absolutely can. Use the attack points. Stop dead reckoning through the middle of the woods when it comes to your business. You're taking risk. And I have done that. Like I did that as a young infantry lieutenant. I tried dead reckoning and I got lost. And then I eventually had to find my way out and then figure out where I was and find an attack point and start over. Um, it was just dead reckoning is the hardest way to do it. So moving forward, I'm going to straight up, I'm going to hard sell you on this one, but this is literally what we do in the Next Gen Academy. If you haven't listened to the What is the Academy episode, I go all through it. But if you're tired of making excuses and if you want the proven path and if you want someone to show you how things will work where you are, then you you have to join the Academy. Get a coach who will help you carve your path, okay? If nothing else, they're going to be the one walking in front of you with the machete, cutting down all of the brambles and all of the things that are going to get in your way to make that path be easier for you. And I know a lot of my clients are listening to this. You know that this is what I'm doing for you, that this is what my goal always is, is to give you that attack point, give you start here and then let's go. And there are so many useful tools that you can take from people who've been there and done that. But when you have people giving you good advice, I really, really recommend you start listening to it. And instead of going, that won't work here, you need to figure out how can I make that work here? What is it that they're doing that I'm not doing the same? What is it that makes us different? And then you figure out how to backward engineer that. It's a much easier process than trying to figure out what the, what the completely new path is to take. When I first started getting coaching, I, um, I started a trial program. Uh, so and Danielle, Shelly, Rihanna, and I were all in the same group. And we all started trials pretty much around the same time. And I can remember this vividly. Danielle went gangbusters. Like trials for her started selling online like crazy, like 20 plus a week sometimes, no problem. Like she was just crushing it. And us, not so much. It really wasn't great for us. And I had a conversation with Tori and I was like, you know, this just doesn't work for us. This just doesn't work here. People don't buy stuff like this online. And I believed that for a while. And I was, I was wrong. Like I, mostly I was wrong. Now, do I still believe that people out this way, because we have data proven for it in our company, would prefer come in and meet us and see the gym before buying? Yes, I actually do. That's about 50% of our enrollments for trials and things of that nature come from people coming in to meet us as opposed to just buying outright online. Organs are for sure in the relationships market. They kind of want to look you in the eye and feel that. So we sell about 50% of our new enrollments that way, uh, 50 to 60% depending on the month. Um, however, over the years with consistent product, right, with, with consistent word of mouth and consistent product and consistent marketing, we've seen those online sales increase drastically where we have multiple sales a week 
on our website that are people I've never talked to, that are people who've never come into our gym and they hear about us, they find us through our marketing and they sign up for a trial membership. And it's just, it happens easy peasy. Do people take both routes? Yes. Um, And that's where there is some nuance in where you're at, but a paid trial system works. It a hundred percent works. And what I wasn't, you know, when I was sitting there saying it doesn't work here, well, the things I wasn't realizing was what was I promoting on my social media? How was my marketing? What did my marketing look like? What did my brand say about my business? What were people thinking when they saw my Facebook and saw my website and those things? And I've, I think I've talked about this on other episodes, but we were very, very heavy in the all-star industry and we were really heavy in promoting our upper, upper level teams. We had a really great world's team. Um, and so if you looked at our stuff, it was lots of double fulls, lots of amazing tumbling. Well, that's highlighting all that stuff is cool and you should highlight it occasionally. But if you're a new parent looking to get started in something and you go there and all you see is people throwing amazing things on all of the stuff that they're putting out there. I, as a new parent, don't think, yeah, my kid who's can barely walk, talk and chew gum at the same time is going to fit in great into this program. So we had to change a lot of that. We had to change a lot of our social media presence. We had to be diligent about showing the things that weren't perfect, showing the mediocre forward rolls, showing the semi-ugly back walkovers, because a parent can look at that and say, "Ah, my kid could learn to do that. And then they can see the progression. They can see it getting to the back handspring. They can see those other things. So I've learned a lot. I like I've I've been there. I've done that. And I will tell you, I've completely shifted my mindset. I almost never say, well, that doesn't work for us or that won't work here. I try to figure out why it's working for them and not working for me. Because generally speaking, that's a me ish. That's an ish me, not an ish them. Okay. I have a coach who loves to say that sounds like an issue, not an ish me. Um, so it's, it's similar to that, right? That's my problem. I need to figure that out. I've got something I'm doing wrong there. Not a, oh, well, my, my market doesn't support it or those kind of things. Leaving this episode, you should have some thoughts on things you have said wouldn't work. And maybe it's daytime programming. Maybe it is summer day camps. Maybe it is an all-star program or competitive gymnastics. And then What I want you to do is think of all of those things and write those things down and then ask yourself if the limiting factor that is that it doesn't work here uh, or I'm not taking the steps to make it work here or I don't want it to work here. Those are the three things you need to think about. Is it it doesn't work here, which we've already talked about as kind of a falsehood. Um, I'm not taking the steps to make it work here or I don't want it to work here. Are there absolutely things that you may have been like, well, we could do that, but you sabotage it because you don't actually want it to work? Yeah, that does happen. That does happen. Or it's just not a, if this isn't a priority for me right now, so I don't want it to work here because I already have enough irons in the fire, so I don't need to make that happen. Right? I've talked about the summer camp thing before too. We did the same thing with summer camps. I would have told you forever, we don't want to do summer camps. I already run a camp company. It's too much. And then I don't want to do day camps. And then it was like, well, they don't, they just don't really work here. There's a lot of people that already offer them. And I think we're, I mean, we're crushing. We're doing 10 weeks of summer camps this summer. A number of them are sold out. And when I say sold out, I mean like 30 plus kids paying a nice chunk of change. 
And that's, we're able to provide an amazing service to these kids. They're able to come for a full day of great training, great fun. The parents have them out of the house. Like it's a win, win, win for everyone. And it's a huge revenue boost for the gym when we do see a dip in summer enrollment, when we do see a dip in some of those things. So write down all those things, figure that out. And if you are just not taking the steps because you you just aren't doing the steps to figure out how to make it work there, then implement it. And lastly, every time you think it doesn't work here, I want you to hear my voice in your head whispering to you, that's a lie. Don't lie to yourself. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, make sure you check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Absolutely amazing stuff. He is crushing it over there. Jason Larkins, he's going to be at our conference uh, teaching. I can't wait to hear him teach. He's absolutely amazing guy. Amazing friend. You got to check out his episode. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, do all the stuff that you can do with this podcast. If you're watching it on YouTube, like, subscribe, um, make sure you're sharing this podcast and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.